Good morning, church family. How are we doing today? Fantastic. It's so glad to see so many smiling faces. I uh, hope everybody's having a great weekend so far, but it's so good to be in the house of the Lord to praise and worship His name. And uh, it's always good to be with you. You know, it just, it just is. I, I look forward to Sunday mornings. I really do. Um, so we're going to hold off for announcements to the end of service. We're going to go ahead and jump into our worship service. So if you will stand with us in the honor of the reading of God's Word. Um, we begin our worship services here at Red Cross with a call to worship scripture reading. Waiting on my trusty assistant over here to put on the screen. Wesley decided to take a vacation. Oh, okay. All right, so we're in Psalm 119, 145 to 152. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and read it. With my whole heart, I cry. Answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you. Save me that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your works. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. 
Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Praise God that we can come to him as our hope, that we can trust in his word. And I pray that that brings an encouragement to you this morning as we are brought to worship to him. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would bless this time as we seek to praise your name this morning. God, you are so good to us. You are better to us than we deserve. God, I pray that you would help us to be in awe of who you are. Your word tells us that your greatness is unsearchable. God, you are a tower of refuge and strength. Your words are sweeter than honey. So God, I pray that you would help us this morning as we, as we seek to praise your name, that you would encourage us through your word. As we sing praises to you, encourage us by who you are. As we are reminded throughout the service, as we are proclaiming the gospel to ourselves throughout the service, as we are praising your name throughout the service, help us. We come this morning with sin, with brokenness, with shame, with guilt. Help us as we look to the cross. Help us as we look to our Savior, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Help us. Help us as we look to Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would bless this time. Bless your people. We ask all this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. If you remain standing, we're going to continue in worship and sing um, all of Come Now Found.
37, trust and obey.
Christ. Now we turn our attention to the New City Catechism questions, and we started over, so this is good for me too, because sometimes I feel like I'll skip 10 and remember them, so it's good for me to start over. The question today, what is God? And that's a loaded question, right? The answer given here is God is the creator of everyone and everything. The, the scripture that goes with that. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That was from Psalm 86. And I came across, I think it was in a podcast this week, it was Christianity and the Bible, they, they answer these hard questions. That you can go look elsewhere. We all look for answers to these questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What is this universe? Is there a God? And obviously, we would all say that there is, and I, that, that's such a great question. He created all of us and loves us so much. So uh, as we just sit in that this morning, let's, let's pray and we'll continue in worship. Father, we love you, God. We, we thank you, God, that you created all things with such attentive care. Um, Father, that, that you love us, that you have designed every fiber of our being. Father, that you sent your son to die for your creation. Father, when we could not come back to you, Father, you made away through your son, Jesus, Father. So as, as we hear from your word this morning, I pray that you'd be working through Pastor Jesse, God, that you'd be working in our hearts as we receive it, that we would leave praising you more this morning, Father. We love you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn with me to the last chapter of the book of Acts, to the last section of the book of Acts. Two years and two weeks we've been going through this book, and today is the day where we finish it. So Acts chapter 28, if you will turn there, we're going to begin in verse 17. It's been a good long trek. This is the 67th sermon, I believe through this book that we preached, um, myself, Leto, I think even Adam preached from the, did you preach from, you didn't, you preached Philippians, um, a couple of us preached through this book, and it's been a great journey, I'm, it's, it, it's bittersweet when you finish a book, it's fun, it's, it, it's, it's good when you finish it, but it's also like, you kind of don't want to leave it, but the way this book ends, it's great, it's so good, I don't know if any of you in here like to read, uh, if you're like me, um, I love to read, but I hate how sometimes books or even TV shows and movies will end, and it'll kind of end on a cliffhanger, or like to be continued, or it'll just end, and it didn't really end. Um, I'm not a big fan of books and TV shows and movies like that, um, but the way this book ends, you would almost assume like Luke just drops off, and it's done. Did he die? Did... 
did something happen? Did, did, did Luke just not finish? And No, he did. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how this book ends. And so uh, let's go ahead and read it. So Acts 28, verse 17 through the end. If you're there, say word. word. All right, go ahead and stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's word. Verse 17, after three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets." And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed." lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that as we close out this book, that you would use it to encourage us, to embolden us, to strengthen us. Help us to hear from your word this morning, that we may use it and apply it to our lives as we seek to be a church, as we seek to be a people that are on mission to share the gospel. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you've got your sermon outline, the, t- the main idea, today's truth that I want to get across to you this morning is this, God's people are called to faithfully proclaim the gospel to all people. God's people are called to faithfully proclaim the gospel to all people. As we see here in this last section, we have been following Paul For years in this book, as he has come from a terrorist, somebody who would hunt down and kill Christians, who would imprison Christians, we have followed him 
from that day to even now where he has finally made his way to Rome. He has gone through struggle after struggle. He's been through shipwrecks. He's been through imprisonment. He's been through stoning. He's been through people hunting him down, people traveling hundreds of miles to hunt him down. And yet he's still here faithfully proclaiming the gospel to all people. And this is how Luke ends the book of Acts. It is ended on a high note, a note of victory, where Paul is preaching the gospel. Now we know that in Rome, Paul ends up getting imprisoned. We know that it is within his imprisonment in Rome that he writes the majority of his letters to the churches. But here, he's under house arrest. We see in verse 16, and when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. He is under house arrest. He's not in prison in a jail cell right now, but he's under house arrest. And here, it, he's, he's, he's kind of out of his comfort zone in the sense that he's not doing what he's used to doing. When he would go into a city, the first thing Paul would do was what? Go to the synagogue. And preach to the Jews in the synagogue. But instead here we see Paul has invited the leaders of the synagogue to come to him. For those of you that are probably new this morning and you probably have never read the book of Acts or you haven't been with us following through this book, Paul has been on a, a, a journey to get to Rome. He's been imprisoned because of, of preaching the gospel. The Jews are trying to have him killed because they hate him. And yet he, they have found no fault with him he has, as what he tells them to the Jewish leaders. And he finally makes it to Rome. And what does he do? He invites the Jewish leaders into his home and he wants to make a defense of what he believes and why he is in the situation that he's in. Church, this last section of the book of Acts is great for us as a church because it helps us lead into the next chapter of Acts. You're like, hold up, there's not one. We're in it. The mission of God has not ended yet. It continues. And here we see what Paul is doing, and we are to follow suit. We, just like Paul, are called to faithfully proclaim the gospel to all people. So if you're following with me in your outline, number one, how are we to faithfully proclaim the gospel to all people? Number one, by preaching at all times. We are to preach at all times. We are to preach the gospel at all times. Whether it is at our job or whether it is at our work, at our workplace, it's the same place as a job, right? Whether it is at our job or whether it is at our school or whether it is in our home or whether it is at the coffee shop or with our friends or at the movies, wherever. Please don't stand up in front of the movie screen while the movie's going and preach. That's just rude. But we are called to preach the gospel at all times, wherever we go. All times. And here we see in, in chapter 28... Paul is making the most of the opportunities that he has to share the gospel with people. He's making the most of his opportunity. Even though he's under house arrest, 
he's still inviting people to his home and sharing the gospel with them. And as he tells the elders of the synagogue what's going on, they have agreed to hear him out. So they invite other Jews to come and be a part of it. He's got a little house party going on as he's under house arrest, and he's just sharing the gospel to people. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Paul was gentle and respectful as he made a defense of his hope, of his belief. A lot of times we as Christians, we can... We can be ready to make a defense, but we tend to forget about that gentleness and respectfulness. Paul is always ready. Always prepared to make a defense of the hope that he has. Church, are you always ready? Are you always ready to make that defense? If somebody were to come up up to you tomorrow at your job, at your school, wherever you are, and they are to ask a question... Can you share the gospel with me? Can you do it? Can you do it? One of the first times I went to Caswell as a college student, I was dating my wife at the time, and um, I had prayed because I I was asked to help teach one of the small group classes that uh, where all the other youth students, we go together in small groups, and so I was asked to help teach one of those. And I had prayed before then, Lord, please put somebody in my path to share the gospel with. So that night when we met our students for the first time, we went around the room and I asked them, I said, what brought you to Castle this summer? That's always a fun question. I actually had a couple students say, I'm here to find the love of my life. Camp love, man. It lasts for seven days, but it feels like a lifetime. But we kept going around the room. My mom made me. Okay, you do need Jesus. Kept going around the room. And then I remember one guy, one guy. I came up to him and I said, why did you come to Casual this summer? Flat out. Because I want to know about Jesus and I need to hear the gospel for the first time. It's like it's like a slap in the face. Like the Holy Spirit's like, there you go. Here's your sign. And so I got to take him. Me and my wife took him out the building at the end of small group and I got to share the gospel with him. Church, if, if somebody were to come up to you and, and, and literally just say, can you share the gospel with me? Can you do it? Paul is always ready. We need to be always ready. We need to be always ready. And sharing the gospel is as simple as just telling people about what Christ has done for you in your life. Sharing the gospel is, is, is as simple as just giving your testimony. You don't have to know the book of John by, you know, word by word. You, you, you don't have to have all the scripture memorized. I encourage you to. But we should be willing and able to preach at all times the hope that we've been giving and to make the most of every opportunity that we have. Paul is chained up under house arrest. 
you would think that Paul would just be sitting by himself in shackles, wanting just to just chill out and not even worry about it. Y'all have been in that situation. You're going through a trial. You're going through a storm. You're going through a situation. And the last thing you want to do is talk about how good God's been to you. But Paul, even in prison, is wanting to talk about how good God has been to him. Philippians 1, 12 through 14, Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me. Now, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi in a prison cell in Rome. He says, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Church, it is within our trials and our suffering that the gospel can become most apparent within our lives. When we're going through the hard days, the dark days, and yet when people still see the joy of Christ within our lives, that's when some of the best testimony, some of the best opportunities of the sharing of the gospel comes out. But yet a lot of us, when we go through trials, and I've been there, I've been there, I'm preaching to myself, I'm feeling convicted just right now. I've been there where I've just moped and groaned and complained. Why am I dealing with this? Why am I going through this? What have I done to deserve the situation that I'm in right now? But yet Paul, who is innocent for the charges that he's been given, is under house arrest, and yet he's still making the most of every opportunity to preach the gospel. Church, we're called to preach the gospel at all times, in the good seasons and in the bad seasons, when we're happy and when we're not, when we're joyful and when we're not, when we're suffering and when we're not. We're called to proclaim the gospel at all times. And man, let me tell you, our world will be a whole lot different if the church would grasp that concept. If we actually begin to proclaim the gospel, even in the midst of our suffering. Because how is it that we were saved in the first place? Through the suffering of our Savior. We're called to preach at all times. Secondly, not only are we called to preach at all times, we are also called to preach to all people. We're called to preach to all people. We see that Paul has, has invited all these Jews to come to his house to proclaim the gospel to them. Verse 23, when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. Let's not get to that statement just yet. Paul is preaching the gospel. How? He's using the Old Testament. He's using the law and the prophets. But yet we live in, an, in a Christian culture, and I'm putting that in brackets. We live in a Christian culture where we are called to unhitch from the Old Testament because it's not relevant. 
We're to do away with the Old Testament because it's boring and it has nothing to do with Jesus and we're to stick with the New Testament. Church, Paul preached the gospel from the Old Testament. Every word, every chapter, every book in this Bible bleeds the name of Jesus. And we are called to preach this book to all people. Church, this is why we at Red Cross have a desire to proclaim the gospel through books of the Bible. This is why we spent two years in the book of Acts going verse by verse. This is why we spent a year and a half going through the book of John, going verse by verse. This is why we spent nine to ten months in the book of Philippians, going verse by verse. We've gone through several books within this Bible. Why? Because every verse, every chapter, every book bleeds the name of Jesus. We went through the book of Haggai in the Old Testament. We taught on Wednesday nights through the book of Exodus. Why? Because we want to point you to Christ even in the Old Testament. We are to preach this to all people. This is why we find it important to hit every single word because every word matters. And I'm tired of being in a, again, Christian culture where we neglect it. Where churches, so-called churches, trying to be careful, are instead preaching self-help sermons and not even pointing you to the truth of what God's Word says. We're called to preach the Word to all people. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of America. No. Go, therefore, and make disciples of your race. No. Go, therefore, and make disciples of your friends, your culture, the people you live with. No. Of all nations. All people. The gospel is for all people. And why is that? Because if Christ is Lord of all, then the gospel is for all. Colossians 1.28, Paul says this, Him we proclaim, Jesus we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I love how in the book of Acts, it's been several sermons that we've preached through. In Acts 2, we preached through the sermon that Peter preached at Pentecost. It's the same sermon that Paul preaches here in Acts 28. The sermon doesn't change. The message doesn't change. He uses Scripture to point to Christ. It's the same today, church. It's the same today. This is why we make that a priority. This is why we take our time through books, through verses. This is why we want to dig deep. We want to wring the truth dry and show you who Christ is through all of Scripture. Not only are we called to preach to all people, but thirdly, 
We're called to preach boldly. In verse 25, Paul ends up including Isaiah 6. In this scripture that he quotes, Jesus uses the same scripture to help show how people are not going to agree with your message. They're going to disagree. They're going to turn because they don't have, they may have eyes to see and ears to hear, but they don't have hearts that will be, be transformed. And so here we see that we need to have a boldness because people are going to disagree with you. Verse 25, in disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul and made, after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but you'll never un understand. And you will indeed see, but you will never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Paul is saying, I have preached to the Jews. Now, since you're not going to listen, I'm now going to go to the Gentiles. Again, he's saying, I'm going to preach it to all people. Now, he never gave up on the Jews. We see in Romans 9 that he, he wishes that he himself would be accursed for his Jewish brothers to be saved. He wished he could trade his salvation. That's hard. Trade his salvation so that his brothers would be saved. He doesn't give up on the Jews here, but he does show how he's preaching to all people, and he's doing it with boldness. Verses 30 and 31, he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. He preached with boldness. Church, we live in a culture today where people hate the gospel message we are proclaiming. Nobody wants to be told that you are not in charge of your life. No one wants to be told that you are not the captain of, of your soul. No one wants to be told that you are a sinner destined for hell. No one wants to be told that. But the gospel is that there is a remedy, an antidote. There is a, there is a savior who is willing to save us, who has purchased us and redeemed us. We are to look to him and put our faith and trust in him. Church, we're, we're in a day now where people are imprisoned for the messages that they preach. True, accurate, biblical messages. People in other countries are put to death because of the gospel that they're proclaiming. We have it easy here. Only thing that we have to worry about is people making fun of us on Facebook. Like, really? Only thing we have to worry about here is people ignoring us or not liking us. We're, we, are, we are weak in America. We really are. We need to be reminded of the fact that we need to have boldness to proclaim this gospel. That we need to show Christ to all people at all times. And we need to be willing to say the hard stuff. 
by standing on the truth of Scripture, every verse, every book. We don't, we don't throw stuff out. Paul is willing to be bold and to tell people, you need Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to be reminded of the fact that your loved one is dying and going to hell one day unless you gain some boldness and share the gospel with them. But here's the thing, church. They still might reject it. Paul, who we would say is one of the greatest preachers, people still rejected him. Jesus, who came down from heaven and proclaimed the gospel, people rejected him and even killed him. It's not on us for people to be saved. Can I say that? Let me say that. It's not on you for people to be saved. <clears throat> it's on you to share the gospel with people and let the Holy Spirit work. But we need to do it with boldness. We need to be, we need to be willing to not be invited to next holiday dinner because we share the gospel with our grandparent. We need to be willing to, to lose a friend because we shared the gospel with them. But most importantly, we need to be willing to give our life for the sake of the gospel. Paul did. Paul ended up losing his life because he preached the gospel. We don't see it here in the end of Acts, but according to church history, that's what happened. In fact, the majority of the apostles lost their lives because of their proclamation of the gospel. Are you willing to do the same? Not only are we called to preach with boldness, but number four, lastly, we are to preach without hindrance. We're to preach without hindrance. Church, the most important thing that we can do in this world is preach the gospel. The most important thing that we can do as a church on Sunday mornings is preach the gospel. We can do away with the songs. We can do away with Sunday school. We can do away with even fellowship time. The priority is the preaching of the word and of the gospel. To do that without hindrance. But yet, a lot of times, that's the first thing that people tend to cancel on Sunday mornings. Pastor, we have a missionary coming who wants to come and give a testimony. They're not going to use scripture or, or preach anything, but they want to come and give a testimony on Sunday morning. So we're going to sing, but we're not going to preach. That hasn't happened. I was just saying, that does happen in churches. It hasn't happened here. The preaching of the word's priority. In church, as, as we are as believers, as Christians, we are called to preach without hindrance. As we go into the world, as we go to our places, as we go to our jobs, our schools, even our own homes, we are called to preach without hindrance. To proclaim it in a way in which nothing's going to stop us. Why is that? Because nothing can stop the gospel. Nothing can stop the growth of the church. 
As we've seen throughout the entire book of Acts, one thing that we can take away through the entire book is that God's mission will succeed in the growth of his church. That's what the entire book of Acts has shown us. Acts is not a biography of Peter and Paul. In fact, we titled the sermon series Acts of the Apostles. We probably should have titled it Acts of Jesus Christ because that's what the book of Acts is about. Yes, it's about the acts of the apostles as they proclaimed the gospel, but it was Christ working through the Holy Spirit within them in the churches through Paul, Peter, all the other apostles, and watch as the church grew and flourished and the gospel has been made known to the rest of the world. Acts 1 has come to fruition here. Paul is in the capital of the world. He is in Rome. What's going to happen? The gospel is about to spread to the ends of the earth. And that's why Acts ends here. It ends on a high note. Paul's here. And he's proclaiming the gospel. And it's about to expand even further. Church, we are called to preach without hindrance. Paul preached without hindrance. He didn't allow anything to stop him. He didn't allow anything to hinder him sharing the good news. We should do the same. Who cares what the government tells us? Who cares what other people tell us? Who cares what our community tells us? We are not called to shut our mouths of the gospel. We are called to open it up and let it fly. How else are people going to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? Romans 10, how beautiful are the feet of those who carried the good news. How are they to hear without somebody telling them? We're to preach without hindrance. Church, the book of Acts shows us, as it, as it ends, it shows us first that Paul is not the hero of this story. God is. It ends on a high note here. He lived there for two whole years at his own expense, and he welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The end. Some of us will will feel like, well, man, that just kind of dropped off. It's not an ending I wanted. What more do we need? Paul's made it to Rome, capital of the world. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching about Lord Jesus Christ with boldness and without hindrance. People are coming to know Christ. And guess what? They're going. And here's the thing, church. God is the hero. The mission is not done. We are called to be on mission just as Paul is. We are called to send the gospel to the ends of the world. And you're probably thinking, Pastor, we're a small, rural, southern Baptist church in rural Stanley County. We're, you know, 100 people on Sunday morning maybe. What can we do? We can go. We have opportunities to go to Haiti, opportunities to go to Honduras, opportunities to go to Nepal. We can go. We have opportunities to even go to Africa. We can go. 
what if I don't feel called to go? What if I don't feel called to be in another country? You can give. You can give your money. Because it takes money to fund those trips. It takes money to send people. We're taking up the Lottie Moon Christmas offering now. That goes to international missionaries through the Southern Baptist Convention. We give there so that they can share the gospel to the ends of the earth. One of the coolest things about being at, at the convention is being at the missionary send-off event where there are, they, they will have it on the screen and you'll see the people. Then there are other times where you'll only see a shadowy si- silhouette. You can't even see the person or even really know their name because of how dangerous it is of where they're going. You can go, you can give, and you can pray. You can pray for God to raise up people within our own church to go. You can pray for God to raise up leaders within our church who are called to be on mission to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. But church, we can be all about international and we can forget about the people in our own backyard. Church, if we want to live on mission, we got to do it here first. Just as Acts shows us, you work here and you work your way out. Church, are we living on mission here? Are we preaching the gospel without hindrance here? I really want you to ask that question. Maybe it's time we make some change. Maybe it's time we start focusing on people in our backyard. Maybe it's time we start focusing on people within our community. Do we know our neighbors? I mean, like, literally, do we know the people right down the street? We know the people across the street. That's Lou Eubanks. But do we know them? Maybe we need to be praying about that. I pray that this message was an encouragement to you. I pray Acts has been an encouragement to you. Acts has been so good for my soul, and it's been so convicting, and I feel like it's been so good for the culture that we've been in for the past two years. As a church who is in isolation, who is dealing with a pandemic, how do we still live out the gospel when there's storms and tribulations? Acts shows us that God is the hero, that we're still on mission, and that even in the middle of storms and trials and struggles and governmental opponents and whatever you might think, the gospel cannot be stopped and the church cannot be stopped. If there's anything that we can pull away from this entire book, it's the fact that nobody can stand up against the church and win. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. May we praise God for that. That he is sovereignly in control, sovereignly working through us. 
pray that we allow him to. Let's pray. Father God, you are so good to us. God, I pray that you would help us as we seek to be a church who lives on mission by preaching the gospel without hindrance. Lord, we are all called to proclaim that gospel. We are all called to share your word. We are all called to make disciples of all nations. Help us to preach at all times to all people with boldness and without hindrance. Help us to look to you, God, as the one who is sovereign and in control and is using the church to shake the world. God, I pray that you would help us to be bold. It's a dangerous prayer. Acts 4 shows us the apostles praying for boldness and the earth started shaking. Help us to be bold. Help us to be on mission within our community. To our neighbors. Help us to be on mission as we seek to proclaim the gospel to every person we come in contact with. And give us a heart for the lost, a burden, God. Send us. Help us to go, help us to give, help us to, to pray. Lord, we ask all this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. If, if you guys will stand with us again, we'll end in worship this morning. Take up thy cross and follow me. I heard my master say, I gave my life to ransom thee, surrender your all today. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, just for a few minutes, um, I'm going to ask Miss Jennifer Swink to come on up. Um, she is going to, I, I've, I want her to do it next Sunday, but she's not going to be here next Sunday. Uh, next Sunday is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Uh, we're not starting our new sermon series next Sunday. We're going to take the uh, Sunday and focus on that. Um, but Jennifer, is, well, I'll just let her talk. She can do a better job at it. Good morning. Um, some of you may or may not know, I'm the Client Services Director at the Pregnancy Resource Center of Stanley County. We're located on, located on Main Street in Albemarle. And so, as, as Pastor Jesse said, next Sunday is Sanctity of Life Sunday. Um, that's a Sunday that churches all across our nation celebrate life and that God is the creator of all life. Um, 
It's also the kickoff of the Pregnancy Resource Center's Baby Bottle Boomerang. We are a completely uh, privately funded ministry. We depend on people like you, and this is one of our easiest fundraisers. All you have to do is pick up a baby bottle and fill it full of coins or dollars or checks, um, whatever you want to fill it with money-wise. That's all you got to do. Your children can do this. And um, it's a way to support us. We only have three fundraisers a year. And as I said, we are private, completely privately funded. We do not accept any kind of government money. Um, it is all God who supports us. And it truly is God. Um, what do you know about the Pregnancy Resource Center? Do you know what we do? Do you know who we are? I see a few heads nodding. So the Pregnancy Resource Center of Stanley County wants to meet women and men in our community with the message of Jesus Christ. But we are, our target is to meet those women, particularly who are in a crisis pregnancy situation. Um, that can mean a lot of things. Um, they may be thinking about terminating the pregnancy. They may be thinking about making an adoption plan. They may think, be thinking about parenting, but they don't know how to do that. They don't have the resources. Um, it can look a lot of different ways. We offer medical services to verify their pregnancy. Um, we have a, a wonderful medical director that donates all his time to us to read our ultrasound scans. We have a nurse manager. We have another nurse. Um, that works has worked in OB care for years, and we have a sonographer. Um, so we can give them good medical information about their pregnancy. We have prenatal vitamins that we can start them with. We give them an ultrasound, give them dating information, and we want them to see a heartbeat. We want them to see that this is a person that God created, that this little person has a purpose. Um, we have tons of education videos that they can watch we have an amazing parenting program Um, they can be in our parenting program to their baby is 15 to 18 months old through watching parenting classes and doing homework they can earn dollars virtual dollars and they spend those in our baby boutique they can save up for cribs car seats pack and play strollers or the basics diapers wipes clothes you name it I've, I've pretty much got it, and I can, or I will help them get it if they're willing to earn those dollars. Um, we do not refer or recommend abortion, but we do educate. We want them to understand that decision. And we also have an abortion recovery Bible study for men and women. That's kicking off in February, and that's vital. Guys, the statistics say one in three women in church are post-abortive. Let, yeah, let that sink in a minute. That's, that's, and for every woman, there's a guy. Um, it's harder to get those statistics. So, you know, we, we want them, the, the people who have been on the other side and made decisions that they've regretted, that there is healing and forgiveness from Jesus Christ. Um, it's an amazing Bible study that we offer twice a year, and so we're really excited about that. So that's just a little bit about what we do. Um, All I can say is pick up a baby bottle next Sunday, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, Our goal, uh, we're we're doing 50 baby bottles, 
And our goal is to raise $1,000 this year. Last year we did 825, I believe. 846. And so this year we're our goal is $1,000. So we hope you can take part in that. Baby bottles will be here next Sunday. Um, we're going to figure out where to put them. I'm thinking we might just put them everywhere. And if you see one, grab it. Um, fill it up with loose change. If you put a check in it, write it out to Stanley County PRC. PRC of Stanley County. And do not write it out to Red Cross Baptist Church because we're not going to be going through that money. We're just collecting the bottles and giving them to the, to the PRC. Okay? All right, a couple quick announcements. Uh, thank you, Jennifer, for sharing that information for us. Um, this Wednesday night, we're continuing our new Bible study through the Baptist Faith and Message. We're looking at the article on Scripture. So come, and this Wednesday night, 6.30, adults in, in the sanctuary, we're going to be looking at what we as Baptists believe on Scripture. And so it'll be a fun night. Uh, we're also collecting Bibles for KCOM. Still, please help out with that. Wednesday night meals uh, in your bulletin. We're trying to bring those back. But we're, we're trying to find teams or a team who would be willing to do it every Wednesday. If you're interested in helping out in any capacity for that, Tammy McElwain's email address is in the bulletin. Just send her a quick email, and we're trying to get people lined up for that. And then something new, we've got the women's Bible study kicking back off. Uh, the introduction session is going to be on Sunday, February 6th at 4 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. And then it'll begin Saturday, February 12th at 9 a.m. In, in, in the Fellowship Hall. And it's on Esther, the hidden hand of God. So, ladies, if you want to be a part of that, I uh, highly encourage it. Caroline Williams. Uh, is she the only leader doing that one, ladies? Yeah? So, Caroline, uh, she's not here this morning, but she may be here next Sunday. Uh, if you have any questions, you can go and find her. Okay? Um, and also, next Sunday... We have a Haiti sponsorship lunch following the worship service. If you're interested, we and this is a way that we help out internationally, uh, we are partnered with a church and school in Haiti. Um, very small. There's only a few people from my friend's church in Concord that help out with this school. So we're predominantly the only church helping with this school. They've got close to 100 children now. Um, and, and it costs about $30 a month per child to help feed them, help clothe them. Uh, they, they do uniforms, um, help give school supplies to them. And here's the thing about children in Haiti. Typically, if they're not educated, they don't find a job. And they will be uh, poor. They will be homeless. Um, a lot of children that are not in school, um, go through some really hard times. Um, there's, I don't really want to go into much detail, but we'll talk more about it next Sunday. Um, and so Sunday after service in the fellowship hall, what we need you to do is just sign up in the foyer um, if you plan on being there uh, so we can have a head count of how much food to bring. It's free. So if you're interested, just sign up, and then there will be food next Sunday after service. Okay? All right. Any other questions or announcements? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if and you've never been here for Wednesday night meals, if you've we used to do Wednesday night meals on Wednesday nights or Wednesday night meals, um, to where uh, it was before Bible study, uh, and church families were able to come and eat and fellowship, and then we would separate into youth, children, and adults, and uh, so yeah, we would provide. It was easier for the families to come if we had a meal for them. 
So we're trying to bring that back. I know that's been a little hard with COVID and all that, but we're trying to bring that back. Frida? This coming Wednesday? Okay, so Mighty Women on Mission, Fellowship Hall, this Wednesday night after Bible study, so about 7.30 in the Fellowship Hall, okay? And deacons, we have a meeting this Wednesday night as well. Uh, since they're going to take the Fellowship Hall, we'll take the Sunday school class, all right? And thank you, uh, Miss Diane. Uh, Miss Diane McManus has contributions ready. So if you gave to our church last year, uh, she's got your contribution slip for your taxes. Um, if you've got a mailbox back there, it should be in the mailbox. But some of the slips of names are off the mailbox. They keep getting you know, slid off by people walking by. So if you do not have one in the mailbox, some of you are like, we have a mailbox? Yeah, if you're a church member, you have a mailbox. Um, it's in this hallway right here. If you do not see yours back there, Miss Diane, if you'll raise your, your hand, Miss Diane McManus right here, she'll be hanging out after service for a few minutes. And if you need it, you can come find her. Um, if you don't get it today, usually she gives them to me and I hunt you down and get them to you. Please go to her. It saves me time. Um, so please, please go to her. Yeah, so if you are not a church member, you don't have a mailbox. She has your, your contribution sheet, okay? All right, are we ready to go home? Ready to go eat? I'm ready to go eat. All right, where are we going? <laughs> let's go ahead and stand and let's close in prayer. I hope you guys have a great week. Come back this Wednesday night for, uh, for Bible study. Also, congratulations, they're not here. They're on their honeymoon. Nathan and Allison Moose got married yesterday, so congratulations to them. Um, so be in prayer for them, and if you see them in the next coming weeks, be sure to congratulate them, all right? Anything else we need to congratulate? All right, let's close. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, I pray that as we leave today, that we live on mission as a church, as a people, seeking to proclaim the gospel without hindrance. Help us to be bold, God. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be gentle and respectful. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. For Jesus Christ, in whose precious name we pray, amen. You guys have a great day.